yeah, I just, I just clipped up this little piece because it was getting in the way. And I'll, I'll take it down and you'll see it'll be a lovely little spring. Yeah, 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 it's a pin curl. I was walking around last night with lots of pin curls in and I thought to myself, this is glamour, isn't it? This is being a grown-up woman. So... Do you feel like um, a different person with your hair? I definitely do, and I, I think it's it's funny because uh, when when a girl dyes her hair because of like you know wanting a change or being emotional, which is I think something a lot of people can relate to, you always go out into the world thinking everybody is going to look at you and be like, "Wow, look at that person with that hair." Nobody gives a shit. Nobody nobody looks at me. Yeah. It's fine. I feel disappointed that I I'm not more noticeable now with my whitish hair, but I think internally. I am getting used to it. And I think it's nice. Yeah. So yeah. Also, um, I think once you have declared yourself to the world as somebody who dyes their hair, absolutely, quite frequently, it's a bit rock and roll. It doesn't it's really cool. make such a big deal. You know, it doesn't seem that different anymore. Totally. I always was jealous of the people in school who would have like a streak of pink or something like that, and it was always so casual. Like they didn't think of it as that big a deal. And I mm. thought dyeing my hair was such a big deal. I didn't do it until I was twenty-one, mm. and now it's like, oh wow, it is actually really easy. So I'm yeah. glad I'm in that phase of my life where I don't think it's such a big deal. But I obviously still want the attention. I want people to mm. look at me and be like, <gasps> and yeah. they haven't so far. But when wow. I get it looking really good, hmm, you guys Maybe just one day wait. I'll dye my hair. I don't I think, think you I will. should. No, I, I think, think you I, should. No. You've never done it. No, I'm never going to. I'm just, I'm sorry. I, even as I said, it, I was like, I'm never going to do that. But the thing is, don't you find it interesting that you have such a kind of pride in like... It's not um, pride. It's not pride. It's no, fear. It's fear, I think, but also you maintain yourself so, so well. And your hair is like this amazing crowning glory. But surely part of the excitement and thrill of human like experience is that when you take a risk, like you take a risk every time you dye your hair, there's a chance that you could really fuck it up. But that's the thrill because you're on a knife edge. But I just don't think it's worth it. I've always, I think I made the decision really young that I, this is how I feel most myself mm-hmm. with this outfit type thing and hair very long very little makeup um glasses I think also because my glasses are such a statement which I take for granted quite a lot of the time because I've worn big weird glasses for so many years now um I I think I can't do much more if I had really if I had your color hair right now and red lipstick and um, you know, I think I would just look a bit too much. Really? Yeah. Okay. Just too So I'm looking much. a bit whorish, is that what you're no, trying to say? No, no, no. <laughs> but if you also had huge glasses. Oh, yeah, it would be too much. You're right. It would, it would be, be too much. Because there would be too many things. Yeah. I don't have the glasses, so that's minus one thing for me. So I need to give myself a thing. Hair mm-hmm. is that thing. There exactly. we go. We worked yeah. it out. We worked out the formula. You can have one thing. You need to pick your thing. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I am feeling like I'm being a bit of a fraud at the moment because I've started wearing jeans. Mm, I know lots of people commented on our last jeans. video I'm a jeans about how uncomfortable they felt with Jessie wearing jeans. Yeah, it, you just it can't made handle my thighs, too. can you? Can't and handle my Je- thighs. Jessie's bought these jeans um, <laughs> that have um, a sort of like a seam. Wait, wait, wait. They have a seam sort of upper thigh and it's sort of supposed to accentuate your your derriere if you will I don't um, know if it is they are bum jeans and, and they're sort of like a bit of like a cowboy cut a bit western um, and they are very flattering but when you were wearing them during the sunrise <laughs> recording and you were doing your exercise and your squats in the beginning there were points where it looked like you had the world's biggest VPL because that's or a nappy <laughs> or like a nappy or a sort of continence pad under there so that's something to be aware of you mm-hmm. need to be careful with your seams these are ASOS ASOS high-waisted 
bum lifting jeans. Mm-hmm. I don't think they do lift my bum, but I've 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 realized the secret of wearing jeans. Mm-hmm. It's to get a size bigger. Oh, definitely. But I never knew that and I've always been so I think because all, there was a fa- I grew up in the horrible phase where it was like the really low low rise jeans which so has come back your, into fashion yeah ugh, where you can see your hip bone yeah and, and I think with those you could probably see the waist um, the measurement on the back so yes. people probably competitively tried to make sure that their jeans were a small totally. waist measurement and I remember so vividly going to some kind of summer camp thing and all of the girls had the same Miss 60 low-rise flare pale denim jean oh they my god all that sounds so disgusting so thin. i can actually hear christina aguilera as you're saying that and they were so thin and i felt just like a hippo next to them mm-hmm. in my like tennis tracksuit yeah and i think that just kind of made me forever think okay i'm not the girl who wears jeans and it's taken so long to realize that that i'm just I can wear jeans. I'm yeah. just not going to wear them like they do. And um, I think because, I don't know, size becomes such a big deal as you're growing up as well. And I always thought, okay, I need to be a size. I would never, ever be a size eight. Mm-hmm. And only when I'm like at my thinnest am I just a size 10. Mm-hmm. And that's still fucking small. Yeah. Like what, but I always just felt, oh no, but their size, these, these girls were like size six. Mm-hmm. They were size six until they were about 14. I mean, I don't know what was going on. Yeah, but you have to remember that they were teenagers too. That's because they're yeah, but I wasn't an... that size when I was a teenager. Yeah, but then, you know, everybody's frame and skeleton is different. And no, it's exactly. like, it's just so damaging to compare yourself. And also the idea of trying to fit back into your teenage jeans is such a kind of toxic No, I'm not idea. saying I want to fit in my teenage jeans, but I'm saying even from then on, it was like size was such a, it was a marker of how good you were. Of and course. I, that's gone now, I don't yeah. care. And it's just something so free about, it's taken me to the age of 33, almost 34, to be okay with wearing a certain size jean. Yeah, and to also be okay that you don't look the way that like a teenager's body would. And I think that's such a kind of interesting conspiracy and lie that women have been told in order to kind of minimize them and shrink them, which is that you are supposed to maintain a level of youthfulness and beauty that mm. you had as a teenager when you were literally growing and developing yeah. as you are when you're supposed to be a woman, when you're in your child rearing phase, where you're supposed to be strong and but bigger I and healthier. I messed up my entire body and metabolism from those those years. And it, because I lost a lot of weight uh, as a, actress when I first started out so 1920 when I actually got Harry Potter when I was at my thinnest um I was I was exactly doing that I was trying to be the size I was when I was a teenager Mm -hmm. and it's just taken all of my 20s to unlearn all of the shit yeah um yeah it's just fascinating so let's hope Margaret's generation just doesn't grow up with that kind of toxic imagery I don't think they will but then as we were walking here we walked past a fashion shoot and you just think it's still the same. It's still the same. There's still the rail of clothes that all look absolutely minuscule and a girl in barely a skirt mm-hmm. with all of her body out. Mm-hmm. And she think mm, maybe it will be the same. And the fact that um, Naughty's trends are coming back, literally, as you were saying, the low-rise jean thing, I was thinking that's all anyone is wearing on TikTok at the moment. Mm. So it is, it is actually recycling back, but I just hope with a bit of a healthier spin. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. We will see. But there's also something so nice about wearing jeans and just being... It, I think when, you, when you're when you not a jeans person, jeans are so much easier to wear. Like, mm-hmm. you can wear tops. Oh, God, gotcha. yeah. I couldn't wear tops. You with... could tuck it in if you want a bit more of a sort of smart, um, 
business casual look. Yeah. You can have a free flowing t-shirt and a, and, a, and a flannel shirt over the top if you want to be the cool girl at yeah. a party. There are so many different looks. So many different looks. It's just quite free. You've opened up the world to yourself. Yeah, but it's also just something so nice about stopping breastfeeding. Well, I say stopping breastfeeding. I'm still feeding them all night, but you know, finally being able to wear clothes and not have to think about, oh, I need to wear a top that I can just feed in really quickly. Or it's just, it feels like I'm getting things back that I just kind of take, you take for granted when you're pregnant. Or Absolutely. It's just something that's quite nice. Yeah. Quite, I feel quite excited about clothes suddenly again. Well, you have a beautiful glow to you today. You oh, seem really, you. really well. Okay, that's really nice. I think I, especially in comparison to me, I have such brutally bad hay fever that both of my eyes are watering at different rates. And my nostrils feel like... Just somebody's living up inside of there. So um, I'm sorry if I don't snore. look great. You don't do my hay fever snore though, do you? Do you have a hay fever snore? Yeah, so I have a snore all year round, obviously. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, that Alfie can hear from three floors up, uh, which is why we have quite a few problems in our relationship. Um, <laughs> my kids don't notice the snore. Mm-hmm. They say they don't, but... <laughs> I think they must. Mm-hmm. I think I've just, I don't know. I think genetically we are designed to be able to sleep with lots of sounds. Because if you remember in our childhood bedroom, mm-hmm. when I shared with Ben and Jamie and Mummy, um, we had a dryer in there. Yeah. So I got very used to the sound of like knocking and, and stuff during the night. That's clearly passed down genetically totally. to your children. They can cope with your like treacherous levels. Yeah. Stuff. I won't do it for the microphone right now, but it is, it is, it's just, you don't deserve if you can, it. yeah, you, you, yeah, just some of you might be walking to work, might be having a coffee in the morning, I don't want to, I want to put yeah. you off. People seem to think that we're quite relaxing to listen to, which I find very funny. That's nice. They say, oh, I listen to you in the morning when I'm getting so ready I to work. So I I definitely won't do my don't snore do then. Don't do snore. Um, but yeah, I still have the same thing because of our childhood home, I, I have to have lots of noise around me. Mm. Alfie cannot get over the fact that I don't need a door closed when I sleep. He has such a thing about doors. He needs them to be closed. Mm. Whereas I can leave them open. I like having the dryer on. I like having a sound machine. Yeah. I like having the fan on. I like having the window open. I love hearing cars going past at night. That's very oh, comforting to me. I love cars. Gotcha. Yeah. Beep, beep. Great. Oh, yeah. Just great. Honestly, great. I found out recently that oh, this really cool girl that I know who's beautiful and tiny and just like fascinating and like she works in tiny. fashion. She's just like <laughs> tiny, sexy little baby girl, you know, like <laughs> sexy. And... um very cool very good with boys very good at everything like that everything i fucking that. hate her I fucking I hate, hate her. her but love her she's a good friend hey babe um found out that she is afraid, afraid of the dog has to Aww. sleep with all the lights on Aww. isn't that fascinating because she was honestly so cool or almost on the verge of being basic because it's like well what's your quirk finding out that she's afraid of the dark and has to sleep with all the lights on most fascinating thing about mm. her now she is the main character you know now you like her more so much more so much what more. happened in the because dark because it's like how fascinating is that mm. you know and so sometimes she'll just not go to bed because it's too dark mm. <laughs> everyone has a thing <laughs> everybody there is has a thing. one thing about those are her those are her jesse cave glasses the sl- yeah. not being afraid of the dark those are her glasses yeah but I was meaning more there's a secret to everybody like mm. my glasses aren't exactly a secret but you know everyone has something which you, they don't want people to know yes or if they're not definitely I realise now that if somebody is nice and funny and I like them they've usually got like an awful secret yes and if if the general public or, or nice people knew about that thing we would probably all be cool with it, but it's too embarrassing for the yeah. person to admit. There are plenty of things that I do that are like that, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, so that's a bit of fun, isn't it? Very fun. So me and Alfie haven't been um, able to watch TV together in mm-hmm. a while. I don't know. I think it's starting to get to the stage now where with three children and jobs, it just kind of feels like, okay, 
there is just no time. Yeah. Um, but I realized that I really miss that. I really miss watching something with him. I think it's because it's like a bonding experience when you're both enjoying something at the same time. Yeah. Um, There's nothing he, better than looking forward to watching a TV show that you're watching with somebody else. Totally. I mean, he doesn't let me talk when I'm watching things, but still, I enjoy being with him. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and looking over at their face yeah. and seeing that you've both like enjoyed that same moment. You yeah. Know? So like Lion of Duty has been the only thing lately where every Sunday we just kind of watch that together. Couldn't get better. Yeah. Although I do fall asleep and then I have to watch it on my own the next day, which mm. isn't great. Mm. Um, but yeah, I was thinking about what is the type of genre of show or, you know, show in general that you live for, like mm. that you would, you would happily watch again and again and again, or that you, you know, you would, you would put your schedule around. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we both obviously, it's succession. It's got to be succession for both of us. If I just want that to come back so badly. Mm. I've been like looking up Brian Cox just like, just for fun on Yeah, Google. sometimes I just like to look at the actors' faces or watch other things that they're in yeah. so that I feel vicariously like I'm getting my dose of succession. Like he even did a really basic advert for some kind of car insurance and just hearing his voice made me feel just kind of like Better. Ting tingly. Exactly. And taking care of. I love him. Yeah, 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 yeah. You oh my god, and I love Kendall too. I love the actor that plays Kendall, Kendall. Yeah, did you watch the thing that he's in um, with Sasha Baron Cohen? No. Yeah, the movie that Sasha Baron Cohen and the trial of something, something, something. I don't know what it is. The trial of oh, Chicago god. Seven. Yeah, he's in that, and he's got long hair. Oh, that sounds like that I've never like a seen bit of him me. before. I know, and that's what's so brilliant about Succession. I think we can get back onto what makes Succession such a a wonderful show but I think actually just in terms of the casting yeah they found people that so perfectly represent the characters that they're trying to portray and the actors feel it feels genuine and Real. authentic you haven't seen them in a million things before so when they enter into this world that you are so thoroughly thrown into the fact that you're not really the fact that you don't think oh that's that person that I've seen in this and this and this it makes it so much more believable the world it makes totally. it so much more authentic because I've never seen Shiv either. Yeah. And I've never seen Marsha. Um, obviously, Kieran, I, we Kieran love Culkin Kieran Culkin. is my... We love is, Kieran Culkin. I would leave Alfie to Kieran Culkin. Yeah. I mean, he is married now and he's got a baby. But, but he's also not so overused. No. He's in cool things, but he's not in too much that it's like when you see him there, you're like, yeah, that's where you're meant to be. Yeah, yep. totally. Sitting on my shelf. Thank yeah. you very much. Because Abby Goes Down is my favourite film and it's not even that good a film. It's just because it's Kieran Culkin. He's just wonderful, man. I would do anything for him. And he's just so believable, but he's also so, he's like a child. Yeah. I mean. He's got a little body in the way that his shirts are very <laughs> tight over his chest. And it just feels like he's brimming with this energy. That and scene in Succession where he masturbates onto the window. Yeah. When he's got nothing else to do during the day. Yeah. And he's pretending to be this kind of CEO. Yeah. And he just closed the blinds and just looks out onto the city and masturbates onto the window. It was just something that would have been so like gross. But when he did it. Yeah. It just... That, that, that ticked some boxes for you, didn't it? <laughs> no. That's what I was starting so, to get the gist of. No, but it was just so silly. It was such a great scene. I think that what's so great about Succession is it, it portrays family dynamics so mm. well. So despite the fact that it's like the grandest scale, which is what makes it glamorous, which is what makes it good TV, the actual intricacies of the relationships and the power dynamics are so spot on and so different to normal TV shows where you've got the generic like brother and sister who are just like annoyed at each other and like making stupid jokes like with this <laughs> I don't know why I kept doing the elbow thing there but like I'm just trying to think of a show like I don't know I won't name any names but, but like when they fight when Kieran and Shiv I mean sorry Roman and Shiv do you remember in the hospital scene where 
they don't know what's happening yet to Brian. Mm-hmm. I mean Logan. And they L have an to argument. The OG. <laughs> they have Dovey a fight. The OG. They have a fight, and they start playing. They start like playing like a pro. Sorry. They start literally hitting each other like violently yes yes i related to that so much like so many times we've almost had like proper punch-ups absolutely absolutely boy girl doesn't matter doesn't it matter. doesn't matter doesn't matter um boyfriend girlfriend doesn't matter either. Either. <laughs> <laughs> um, so many times i've like i really wanted to punch you yeah and i've been so close yeah yeah, yeah. i would i mean obviously i would win i'm sorry you're strong but i am um, i do weights now are you fucking kidding you think you would beat me in a fight i'm I do wait, Snappy B. Wait, sorry, are you actually being serious? You think that you could beat me in a fight? <laughs> I have. That time I hit you, you were weak. Um, that's because I chose not to engage because you're a mental person. <laughs> if it actually came fucking down to it, you think I wouldn't beat you to a pulp, you stupid little bitch. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am surprisingly strong. And remember, I was an athlete. Okay? Um, I realise that you're an athlete. I'm a heavyweight champion, okay? No. So I think that no, you no, no, would no. be a little surprised. Okay, I just think one day we should put mouth guards on and we should fight. Okay. Because okay, I, babe. I could beat you in my sleep. I could beat you in my sleep. No, no, no. I, I genuinely am really I have the I density of a small planet. Honestly, I'm so, I'm so like tough and dense in the middle. You wouldn't be able to fight me. I do 50 squats with weights a day. Okay? Not 50. You're 20, too stringy for me. I'd be able to throw you over my shoulder and jump no, in a my river. My thighs. I've got strong thighs, okay? Look have at you, my thighs in these jeans. Um, Look at them in these jeans. That's like my arm. That's like my arm. Have you? I got daddy's rower legs, okay? So don't <laughs> fucking give me this shit. I, if, there's one thing that I have to deal with that I didn't get mummy's legs. Our mum got voted best legs at her school. Jessie got those legs. I got my dad's championship winning rowing thighs. <laughs> if there's one fucking thing that I get for having not got my mum's legs is that I could beat you in a fight. So please do <laughs> not love how you give mummy and daddy and this talk about who would beat each other in a fight. Yeah, well, this is the kind of person I am. Um, so anyway, I would, uh, we, love we, we can do that one day. We yeah. can do that one day. Maybe for the podcast. Maybe for our Patreon, we'll get in a mud fight. <laughs> Maybe for our Patreon, yeah, we'll just get, you know, get special mouth guards made. Yeah. And get, you guys, and you can vote. I won't wear my glasses. going to win. Yeah. I mean, I think... We'll put that on a special tier, okay, I think. Fine. I don't think the, the general £3 paying people should deserve to see that. Only if you're going to pay a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. A lot of money. Um, so, no, but it was the the end of season one, which is kind of... Everyone was kind of talking about, where... Yeah. I just... I don't know. I've, wa- I've now watched it three times. Me too. Me too. I actually lied... Um, when I watched it with Horatio because he had never seen it that yeah. I'd only seen it once I'd already watched it through twice so yeah. whoops sorry but it's worth it isn't it it's absolutely worth it you pick up new things every time but I even realise it's, it's really scary to think about but I it's read not. them children's books obviously every night and I've been reading the same books and I get new books a lot but I've, I've essentially read each book maybe two or three times and I feel really really guilty saying this but quite often I'm reading to them and I'm thinking about something else mm-hmm. and I can read it, you know, well, I can even do voices and I'm still not actually really thinking about what I'm saying. And um, I've been trying to uh, kind of be more engaged and, and really be with them when I'm with them just because I feel guilty about everything. And um, I did that last night and I was reading to them and I said, I was like, I've read this book probably 10 times, but I've never fully clocked that the duck does this yeah or the lion does this and I just felt so bad and they were like yeah and I was like this have we read this before 
and they were like, yeah, you, what? They didn't understand what I meant, but I was honestly just shocked that I hadn't, it hadn't gone into my brain. Yeah, the ability that you have to go into autopilot mode Complete is parental scary. autopilot. Very, very scary. I yeah. mean, it doesn't just happen with parents. I mean, it, the same thing can happen to me. I'll be reading like a paragraph in a book and you just realize that you've literally taken in none yeah. of the information. Yeah, so, uh, so things like TV, I could easily watch again and again because most of the time I'm thinking about what I've just eaten or I'm like missing something because I'm pouring ketchup on my food. Or... Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, it's like you can't be Bradley Cooper and Limitless all the time. You know, well, who's that like taking in just every... means nothing to me because I've not seen Bradley Cooper and Limitless. Okay, it's the, it's the, just the best film. It's the best film. But, but he takes a drug that means that he can access 100% of his brain. Oh, I have seen that. Where supposedly we only access 5% of it or 20% <laughs> of it. I have seen that, but none of it went in. Exactly, <laughs> clearly. But um, he takes in literally everything from the world and he's able to make the most of all this information. But that would exhaust you. Totally. The idea of that is that it exhausts you as a person. So don't worry, you can't be no, Bradley totally. Cooper all the time. And last night I... Sometimes Re- you're Bradley Cooper in Limitless, sometimes you're Bradley Cooper in um, Star is Born. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and it's usually, you know, dependent on the amount of alcohol you've drunk. Exactly. Um, but last night I picked Margot up from school and Donny had to go to a club thing that he wanted to go to, which I was I kind of find insulting that he actually chooses to go to clubs rather than just be with me. But anyway, I, um, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this activity with her and I'm going to play, I'm going to do a puzzle, I'm going to play her make-believe game that she wants to play, but I never play it because I find it too exhausting. And in the end, I just kind of started crying. She didn't see me cry. And just said to Alfie, I'm so exhausted. And I ended up just lying on the bed and watching Little Mermaid Ariel's Beginning with her, which is actually really good. Really? It's better than Little Mermaid. It's a bit sexy. There's too many sexy mermaids in it for Margot's age, but I enjoyed it. <laughs> and I just lay there and watched it with her. And she just wanted to be with me. And I suddenly realized, oh God, I'm, I'm not sitting with her enough. I'm not just sitting. I'm doing too many, I'm I'm trying to do too much shit. And then you see all of these Instagrams for parents, like five minute mom, how you can do a Play-Doh activity within five minutes and how you can do a superhero game within five minutes and all this stuff. And I think it's just too much. I think actually they just want to be with you. That's true. So I'm trying to do that more. And especially at this age, there's going to come a point where they're not obviously going to enjoy that sort of quality time as much. So it is really sweet that their their enjoyment and comfort just comes from being in the same yeah. place as you. But I think it's because of the phones and how there's always a million things you could be doing right now. Mm-hmm. You could be posting about this or you could be replying to that email or you could be promoting this or reading this article or tweeting this thing. Um, and it, it, when you actually just step away from it and realize the email doesn't need to be responded to right now, mm-hmm. And I just, I still haven't learned that. And I'm really going to try because I constantly feel like I'm on a treadmill constantly. Yeah. Like from the moment I get up. And in the last three or four weeks, I think because the baby's got older and is more active, so he needs to do more in the day. It just, I feel like this from the second I get up, it's, I'm I'm racing. I know. But it, it, I mean, obviously it's because you have such an intensely busy lifestyle as a mother and as a working mother. But at the same time, you also, it's, it's a mindset thing. So you need to try and get off the treadmill in your mind yeah. and try and treat each activity as if it's something that you're choosing to do rather than that you have to do. Yeah. And then maybe you'll become calmer. I mean, I don't know. That's so wise. But I think that's why I'm fantasizing about succession. Yeah. Because like, exactly. I haven't even had time to sit down and watch something. Mm-hmm. And succession represents a world that's so different to our own, where it's just so glamorous and they're going helicopters the whole time and they're in CEO business meetings. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's an escapism thing. But, but it's weird because Line of Duty, which is the only other program that I am as obsessed, obsessed with, by, yeah. it's at the moment, it's only on every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
I don't know if actually I've enjoyed that. I do prefer having a series that I can get through quickly or I can watch as much as I want. I don't. I think it has lost it for me slightly, having to have a week between. No, I think that they've done it very cleverly and I'm noticing this with more shows doing the weekly thing. It's like they're trying to get back to the retro feeling. I mean, the fact that I would even use the word retro is ridiculous, but the idea of watching live TV and having to wait for something yeah. to come on, they are playing into the fact that we're so used to binging TV now that... The idea of having to wait for something is so, it's so angering to everyone when mm. they're enjoying a show that I think that it creates like more, um, more like press and publicity about the show itself. It has actually worked. Because like if you Mary know East that you have to, Yeah. I watched the first one and I desperately wanted to see. Exactly. Because we're so used to just getting instantly exactly what we want. That oh, was that was such quote. a good click. That was a very Have you been click. the one to teach Margot and Donnie to click? Yeah. Oh my God, they just show me constantly. Mummy, I can click. Mummy, mm-hmm. look, I can click with two fingers now and it's barely a click. Yeah, but they're Horatio so proud. Donnie had to do a double click. So he's trying to learn that too. Such a, that's such a teenage boy thing. <laughs> Stupid, isn't it? <laughs> that is such a thing. I know. I, I still can't do it. Um, can't wink, can't it's a bit. It's a bit like inappropriate, but... Oh, really? Why? Because I oh, think right, that okay. like as a middle class person, for me to be doing that is like a little bit performative. Oh, right. But at the same time, it's very satisfying. Yeah. I mean, when do you really need? Shh, when do you really need to click in daily life? Um, when you want to add a little extra sparkle to a sentence. Oh right, okay. <laughs> um, shh, shh, shh. I'm just gonna rock him again. Um, uh, Dan, what was I saying? You were saying something about how it's something quite retro about waiting. Yes, and I think that the the weekly thing is is creating more tension because the second that you have a cliffhanger to end a show like they do with Line of Duty consistently, you desperately want to find out what's happening mm. next. And the fact that you can't creates tension in your brain. You're going to remember to watch in the next week. And it means that people are just going to get more buzz. Totally. Um, but I, it doesn't, I, it, I agree with that in theory, but if the series isn't brilliant, then yeah. you're like, I'm not going to wait a fucking week for that. But it also means if it isn't brilliant, by the time it's got to a week later, you'll have forgotten that it wasn't brilliant. Mm. You'll just have the curiosity left and you'll watch it again. There's so many, many parallels here with relationships. Absolutely. Like, if you didn't see your boyfriend every day, if you didn't live with him, you know, by the next time next Sunday comes around, 9pm, you, you want to see him again. Exactly. Even if he's been a dick. Exactly. You know? Because time makes everything softer, more blurred. Absence. And, exactly, yeah, it's, it's all heart. about the desirability, isn't it? Totally, and I think even just re- recently having spent more time away from Alfie and having days free... Of, like, we've been free of each other, so he's been doing things, I've been doing things. I, I do miss him. Mm. It's really... It's quite nice, that, isn't it? It really is. But it also probably is why bad relationships can last for a long time if you don't see them very much. Well, um... Which is dangerous. Exactly, exactly. I don't know if I I said this in an earlier episode, but um, I remember reading about Anna Friel uh, breaking up with her boyfriend of, like, two years, four weeks into lockdown, because they just hadn't spent any time intensely together and I just found that really fascinating I didn't judge her or think oh haha that's funny but it was fascinating imagine if you were forced to spend that much time with your partner that you weren't used to spending would the relationship make or break and totally I interesting I really just I'm really impressed actually that relationships have lasted Mm. throughout this period Mm -hmm. of time it's been so challenging yeah and we, we've got all of this to look forward to. Like, soon they're going to be going out. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I still can't quite get used to letting Alfie leave the house. Yeah. Like, he does say that I kind of keep him trapped. It's not that I don't want him to go out and have a nice time. It's just that I feel like I can't do that, really, because of the kids. And I don't mind that. I, I, I'm making that choice. I don't really want to go out right now because I've got the baby and I want to stay in. And also, I, I like the safety of being at home. and I'm, I'm a home person anyway. But... um. 
yeah, I am quite looking forward to the challenges of the summer and, real, and you know, as hopefully he starts to gig again and we have that separation, like, it would be really interesting. Maybe we'll break up. Maybe we'll break up once we have that freedom again. Maybe he's only stayed because he's been trapped. Yeah. And maybe, you know, maybe you'll go out on the town. Maybe and... I'll go and paint the town red. Exactly. I just imagine do bowling for some reason. Bowling. I yeah. do like bowling. Mm. Ba- bowling? Yeah, bowling. Sounds wrong. <laughs> Sounds bowling. Wrong. Bowling. I think we could go bowling and I pick up a couple, go couple of fellas. Have a, have a sexy night out at Westfield. Oh, big time. Big time. Let's go to All Star Lane in Westfield. That would oh. be, be a big night. And then go to, go to Fo and sit in the mall. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's sit in the food court, baby. Oh, my eyes started to water so bad as I just said that. Just Ooh, so excited. So desirable. What an amazing idea. Mm-hmm. I have found it quite depressing looking at cinema posters mm. and loads of things now you can watch on, you know, all these different platforms because cinemas are closed. And the posters, some of them look really cheap and shit. And just suddenly getting scared for, you know, the fact that the industry has completely changed. Mm-hmm. Things just aren't the same anymore. I know, but in a way it makes me... With the Oscars happening again and like them all doing it in the car park and all of these like ridiculous celebrities getting dressed up in these, I mean, ridiculous gowns and the matching face masks, there was something so (laughs) stupid about it where it was like, do you really fucking think that anyone gives a shit? And now, after a year, after the year that everyone's had, that you guys still are so desperate to go to a party. I mean, I know that's very bitter of me and twisted, but I found it... Something very annoying about it, the smugness of it, and the way that they were all holding hands and hugging each other. And it was like, I know that maybe things are safer, or maybe they all got tested before, but there was still something about the fact that they, it was so, it was so obvious in it in our face. I just found it really annoying. Like they thought it still mattered. I think it's wonderful that like more. What would I do if I was nominated? I would never get nominated for an. I mean, what? I I would. I don't know. I don't know what I would do if I got nominated. It's difficult because it's such an institution that you, you have to respect it if you are nominated and you go. But I do agree. I th- found the whole thing quite grotesque. I also saw like somebody Instagrammed about the Oscars saying, we all got vaxxed, we all got tested. And I was like, don't show off yeah. that you've got vaccinated when you're not in any of the age group. And it like... Exactly. Basically, it just, it was... It was just a bit smug. And I think it's wonderful that this year's Oscars, like there were more female filmmakers and stuff celebrated than ever before and everything like that. So yes, it still has a place, but it is still a ridiculous like event ceremony. Yeah, it did make it seem really stupid. And there was this, um, I followed this account that showed all of the Carrie Mulligan photos from the night in her, in her golden dress. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was photos, <laughs> a photographer had followed her getting ready and had taken photos from... Um, almost like through a a gate or something. So it looked like he was spying on her. It didn't look like she had known the photographer was there. And then uh, all these different angles of the dress and her getting ready and her makeup and stuff. There was like 50 photos. And then the final one was her with her huge golden dress. And it just seemed slightly... It just seemed so silly. And it is always so silly. But because we've always just taken it as read that and we haven't ever had something taken away from us like mm-hmm. just normal we've had so much normal taken away from us that to see something that was normal before but now is kind of pick and choose normal yeah like, why do they get to go to a big party yeah why do they get to go why do they get to wear but then they are you know famous people but it did make the whole idea of fame and celebrity and exactly and I, I don't know there was just something kind of annoying about it to me well it's but... always I find it always annoying I, I, I mean if you watch E the channel E, which I used to watch all the time for some weird reason as a mm-hmm. teenager. Um, if you watch that even for a second, you see the detail they're going into describing people's outfits and mm-hmm. diets. And 
it's just, it is insane. I read a really interesting article yesterday about um, the actor Noel Clark. Oh yeah, he's and been he's, canceled. And he's been canceled. And he, it happened two or three days after he got this BAFTA for like lifelong uh, celebration of your sort of um, contribution to British television. And I found it really funny because there are all these photos of him <laughs> holding, um, holding the BAFTA, looking really like, <coughs> uncomfortable and um, like scared. Mm because he already knew that this article was coming, but oh, it hadn't been no. out yet. So he probably still had to make the speech and I didn't watch the speech or anything like that. But then in the actual Guardian article, him and his agent or his friend, they, the, the last line of the article is, um, yeah, we think the Guardian article's going away. No, it hasn't come to the press yet, so it'll probably be okay. It's just it's the most what? brutally humiliating thing. He's Basically, um, when they found out that the article was going to be published yeah. with these 20 women that have come forward, um, they did their best to sort of contact these women or harass them into not saying anything. And then the friend stupidly was caught on the record saying, yeah, we think that the Guardian article is not going to be anything. Oh my God. And then that was literally the last line of the Guardian article. And I just thought that was so funny, the idea literally days after he's been given this award. And, they, and they BAFTA knew a, about it. But they took, the BAFTA knew about it. Yeah, apparently they had been contacted anonymously, but then they they say that they, they had no way to, to prove if that was um, accurate information. Still seems kind of mental to me, but... Wow. Um, Sorry about that phone noise. Somebody's being very unprofessional. It's, by a, turning it's our phone. family group chat. Oh, God. Yeah, our brother Robbie's about to have a baby. Yeah, very exciting. I'm going to be an auntie. You're going to be an auntie. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be strange for you. I it's know. a big, it's a, it's, a, it's a hefty job. You're such a good auntie. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm as good an auntie as you. I think it's just about... Um, it's kind of like something quite insulting when I say to Robbie, oh, um, let me give you this and let me give you this. If they don't want any of my stuff, I'll find that quite insulting. So hopefully they take my stuff. I know, but also I think Robbie's the older brother. He, he likes to be in charge. He's the most oldest sibling, that first sibling that you know anyone could ever be. He is so stereotypically like that. And I think that he probably finds it aggravating that you as the younger sister have done all of this first mm. he's going to value your information so much in a month's time mm. he's going to be begging for our help yeah. but right now he needs to feel like he's you know being the daddy and it's and just all something that. so funny about somebody who's a couple of days or you know hours away from becoming a father or a mother and they have no idea how life-changing it is it's just you are a different person mm -hmm. life is different from that second onwards and there's just it's just, I remember with Donnie, me and Alfie kind of just weren't ready. Yeah. We just didn't realize how much of an impact it would have. And we tried so desperately to keep doing normal things. And we were lucky because we had so much help with our mum and, you know, being able to kind of still do things and date because we barely knew each other. But um, yeah, it's just, it's just so funny. They just have no idea. I know. I no. think Rosa does, but Rosa, Robbie... women do. And also, mm. if you're ready for a baby and you're, you're slightly, you know, you're an age where it's appropriate to have a baby, I think that you, you're ready for all of that change. But um, I think because Robbie's also a doctor, he thinks that he has all of this, like, medical, like, experience that's going to aid him when actually you have no idea. Like, you can't have a birth plan. Like, it's just going to yeah. be completely random. There's no point having a birth plan, people. No. Don't have a birth plan. But anyway, so we're both going to be aunties, aunties again. And um, I'm really excited about that. Yeah. I'm excited about finally having some, a friend who's got a similar age baby. I know. I mean, some of my friends do have babies now, but they live very far away. Exactly. So I'm such a, such a loner. You're not a loner, Jessie. So I got sent a book called Moody. Yes, I'm reading it. And what's it like? It's very good. Very, very good. I've always found the idea of like female um, hormone patterns really interesting, especially understanding them more and how they kind of come into play with um, 
like contraception and birth control and all that kind of stuff. I have never had enough respect for hormones and PMS and stuff until recently when my body's now kind of starting to realize, okay, you, you can start menstruating again. Um, and because I've never had normal periods because of my polycystic ovaries and stuff, and then because I've been pregnant quite a lot. Um, it's just so funny because I've started to have like regular patterns of kind of PMS. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. two weeks after you have a period, you get, do you get like moody and stuff? Like P PMS, is it two weeks two before? Two weeks is it? after you have a period. Well, so I think I'm just having like, all time PMS. Yeah, I feel like some women. I mean, for every person, it's different. But um, and I don't I think know why. What, the way that they kind of list it is that the week before your period, you're quite like emotional and a bit okay. kind of moody and bratty. I just can't believe how overpowering it is. Oh my and I god! And yeah. I can't pinpoint what I'm feeling, mm -hmm. but I just start saying really epic things that mm -hmm. just can't be taken back absolutely and suddenly i'm like i've just ruined a day yeah how did i ruin a day it's nice to know that you have the ability to ruin a day i quite enjoyed that power oh really um but, but it's also not just my day i've ruined like other people's day mm -hmm. by my hormones i think it's just once you start to get into the swing of it and being regularly helps it means that you know oh so am i like do i have a is there a justified reason why i'm getting into this fight or am i just being a bitch because so i have my hormones what do you do when you know that you're feeling like that i can just always tell if i am angry about something and then i start to cry instantly like it's not like oh i feel a cry coming on tears just spurt out my face <laughs> no, yeah, you can see them on your face as well sometimes you can just see your face is like about to crack then i know okay okay my hormones are they're doing Fucking something. Yeah, yeah. But what's good in this book is she talks about the fact that you have something called dose. Um, dose being like a sort of abbreviation for all of the good hormones that a, bo a body can produce, which are like your sort of natural balancing things like uh, dopamine and serotonin and um, oxytocin. Um, she just talks about the way that you can basically start to um, use those things to your own benefit and like trigger them when you need to. So the way that... <gasps> Exercise obviously produces yeah. endorphins and human contact produces oxytocin. And there are certain things that you can do that when you know you've got a bout of something coming on, there are active things that you can do to kind of like make yourself feel better by just triggering the good hormones. So, but like what? Exercise? I haven't got, I haven't okay, got that far in the book yet. Well, tell me when you do. I will. And then I'll read it after you. But it does make so much sense the second that you start listening to what your body's actually telling you. Um, it's all just so like mathematical, you yeah. know? There's something quite comforting about the following a formula, yeah, and being able to trick your 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 emotions. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what? Sometimes I'm like, there must be something else I want to say. Or sometimes I'm like, what did do we sound say? small? I can't tell. What did we just say? We just said something about hormones. Anyway, we're going to start a TikTok, which is something very exciting. I haven't ever even gone on to TikTok, which yeah. is quite a, quite a feat in, in today's day and age. I don't, I'm not sure that you would like it. I think that I you, I have hate to, it, but, you, you know. have to have quite a specific sense of humor. It's very like short form and... Um, They're basically reels, right? Reels are like shit TikToks, yeah. TikToks okay. tend to be a lot funnier than okay. Instagram reels. Oh, but also... That was, that was not me burping. <laughs> but also, you might not like it because there's a lot of millennial bashing on um, TikTok. So... Um, you'd probably find it to be quite a hostile place, especially with you and your skinny jeans on. Jesus Christ, they would rip you to shreds. What? Why? Why would I be ripped to shreds? Because basically TikTok is a platform dominated by Generation Z, which are people my age and younger. Like I'm on the cusp. I don't even really feel like a Generation Z. But um, 
they're all adults now, people born, you know, you'll, you'll be looking at a video of an adult and you'll be like, oh, wow, that's an adult like me. And then you realize, oh, they were born in 2004. <laughs> 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 but um, they just, they make fun of millennials for being kind of outdated, for wearing skinny jeans, for liking frappuccinos, that's Harry that's Potter fans. Exactly, that they are just lame. Yeah. yeah, that they're just lame, that they can't grow up, that they say things like, oh, that's so random, or, you know, yeah, whatever. And it's silly because in 10 years, Donnie and Margaret's generation will be making fun of Generation Z for being overly cringe and like having a weird sense of humor. But basically, if you were to go on TikTok, you would be shocked. You'd be okay. very shocked. It's a Alfie wild place. Alfie just does such a funny impression of Gordon Ramsay telling off his daughter Tilly. Tilly! I can't do that impression. I can't do that impression. <laughs> There's also a lot of Gordon Ramsay impressions on TikTok. Really? Yeah. It's funny because it's like, it's slightly annoying because you get these teenagers or people in their very early 20s watching things that older people not much older but people in your generation and stuff like that um that you were just fans of like um like big brother or um like any kind of reality television or like old sort of channel Four british shows where like they would like go and visit a fat family you know those kind yeah. of like vintage <laughs> things that like <laughs> you know you've seen that you've seen the video where he's like oh i'm going to go and visit a lot delicious family today come on fatties but i'm coming to town like it's like it's the kind of stuff that you wouldn't be able to publish on television today that teenagers and people in their early 20s are revisiting that stuff now and acting like it's this sort of treasure trove yeah. or like it's a time capsule and it's like it was literally 10 years ago it's not that long ago so can you is, are you allowed to chop up programs yeah People do it all the time for millions of views and to get loads of likes and stuff like that. Wow. And they just show clips of something that I remember watching on TV not that long ago and they'll be like, wow, can you believe that this was there? Oh it's, it can make you feel very I old very just, quick. I, there's, I, it, I've stopped myself from going on it just because I'm scared. <laughs> I just remember it was, come on you massive fatties, the Lord police are in town. <laughs> Oh <laughs> it's the funniest thing it was fucking wild yeah wild. It, we were thinking about this the other day when because uh, we used to love reading heat magazine oh yeah um do you remember in heat magazine there would be or was it closer one of them there was like what i ate today oh and my it'd be God. a celebrity going through their diet in a day and it would be it would amount to something like a thousand calories like God, nothing yeah. Yeah, it was exactly. some triggering stuff honestly you you eat more than a thousand calories a day probably don't you but I think really? it's also interesting because like, it's, I mean, yes, the beauty standard then was very fucked up. And I think there was a lot of emphasis on trying to look like celebrities and stuff now. But what's kind of strange about today is that with TikTok and everything like that, and people, normal people having so much power to put their own content out there, I kind of feel like the actual value of beauty and beauty standards it's, it's sort of similar because people are still putting in a slightly um, unreal representation of mm. themselves online. And then the, on top of that, they're not even saying, I'm a celebrity who's had hair and makeup. They're saying, I'm a real person. This is me doing a video of a dance. Don't I look amazing? Naturally, I've done it all myself. And that still is kind of unattainable. Some people are too afraid to put even just a photo of themselves online. Yeah, and there are so true. many beautiful girls out there and so many amazing teenagers dancing that it's like, I think the value of beauty is like it's so easy to be beautiful online now it's kind of become something a little bit more watered down i think very good point bb thank you so much very good point yeah and that's why i've dyed my hair you know because i'm just trying to fit on with the tiktok girls okay god you look so nice do i yeah thanks look at those sexy little cowboy jeans i don't jeans. understand what it is because it's not doing anything to my bum that line it's like emphasize it's like uh it's just drawing attention to it. It's like those special leggings that they sell on TikTok, which I have so two I pairs be, of. I would be made fun of wearing skinny jeans. Yeah, yeah. 
Why? Or, or they say... People sell skinny, skinny jeans. Because skinny jeans were a big thing when you were in your 20s or you were a teenager because it was like the age of sort of Tumblr and, and Pinterest and, and being a bit of a goth girl and stuff like that. They associate skinny jeans with a frame of mind, which is the millennial frame of mind. You know, you like to go to Starbucks and, and make a mood board. And... I do like making a mood board. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. I do like going to Starbucks. Exactly, and there's nothing to be ashamed of. All they're doing is highlighting the differences. They think that millennials are a little tame and a little bit lame and Generation Z are very cool and you know have all of these like things and quirks. Grande, nut blend, sugar-free, vanilla latte, thank you very much. It is, I mean, yeah, no, it's pretty good. It is I don't want to know what's in the nut blend. Oh. I don't want to know what nuts are in the nut blend. I don't, I don't even like saying the phrase nut blend. Yeah, I do feel a bit embarrassed. Alfie doesn't um, order, I have to order for us because he's too embarrassed. Doesn't Jesse look so beautiful? Oh, that's very sweet. For listeners, Jesse looks very beautiful. No, I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm really not sleeping very well. I keep having really horrible nightmares. Mm. But I'm kind of, they're really stupid. Like really, people from my past just popping up in my nightmares. I'm like, go away. <laughs> I don't want you here. Do I haven't I thought appear? about you in a decade. Do I ever appear in your dreams? No, never. Really? Yeah, never appear in my dreams. Yeah. Oh, wow. Do you Because you, you appear in my dreams all the time. Do I? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's nice. You more than anyone else. Probably. In a nice way. Oh, yeah, yeah, always in a nice way. Oh, always so you nice have nice way. dreams. I, I, I have nightmares a lot of the time too, but they tend to be just triggered by anxiety or, or something like that. But, oh, um, my God, I went through a phase of writing down. The second you wake up, writing down what's ever in your head because the, the idea is that you're still dreaming. Yes. Um, that was so terrifying, yeah. the things that I would read. Mm-hmm. And they would, I would always think that I was writing it down properly, but then when I look at it like later on in the day, it would be just slurred like, words across the state. I know, I know, it's funny. But why was I so interested? I was like, I must be such an interesting person. I must have really poetic dreams and yep. I need to write them down. Yeah, but that's because people think that dreams like represent something deep about your psyche. When actually I think more recent science shows that brains are just like a collection of not even like vignettes but just like images and sounds and colors that your brain is like organizing the information that you saw throughout the day and then the part of your brain that makes things make sense to you it just puts those words into a story like it mm. it doesn't actually mean anything it's just what you interpret to be something yeah but it's also so depressing that usually the root of all of my dreams is something like try harder <laughs> or um you can do it stop it just get a grip yeah you know yeah all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just because that's the that's probably just the most internal worry that you have. I found it so I my old Spotify came up when I got my new phone because um, usually I, I I have Alfie's and all of my playlists are called something like conquer power. <laughs> I thought you meant conquer like the thing on no. a tree. Try harder, push harder, power and love. Oh my god, <laughs> Jesse, honestly. <laughs> Or like, um, you can do it. Really, just all, and they're all either Dua Lipa or Florence and the Machine. It's really crazy. No, your music taste is probably the most millennial thing about you. But this is really cool. For people who are excited about the fact that my show Sunrise is being recorded and you can watch it if you haven't seen it and it's going to be out in May. At the end of the show, I don't want to give it away, but there's a song played by Florence and the Machine, who I have a massive soft spot for. And I just love her. I just love how ethereal she is. Florence Welch. Oh, my God. We saw her once in Notting Hill. You said this. Yeah. We I think saw we her. Said, we've said this so many times. What, have we said it on the podcast before? We've said it. 
I just said again because then I want to try and find how many times we said this story about Florence. Very few things happen to us, so you see there are going to be some repeats here and there. Anyway, we were walking Notting Hill. <laughs> Shut up! I don't think I have said it before. You're such a bitch. Go and say it again. Say so it. she was riding on a bicycle, very whimsically. She stopped at at a red light. Another <laughs> stop! You're ruining the story. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Another boy on a on a bicycle rode up to her. They kissed. And then they cycled off in different directions. Different directions. Has anything ever happened to you like that? No. Do Only they know Florence. each other? Only. Who was it? You know? That Amazing. just happen. That it wouldn't happen nowadays. And magical. Can you comment below if I have actually told that story before? Because I think I haven't. They weren't wearing helmets. I told it to Sarah the other day. That's why you're getting confused. Very, very confused. That's exactly. true. Anyway, very excitingly, I didn't realise that in order to have a song of somebody's... Ten. Big moment. Shh. Okay. Um, having a uh, to have a song with somebody, you have to ask their permission. Uh-huh. So, so a theatre had to contact Florence Welsh's managers type thing. Well, <laughs> you're, you're like, mm, is it Welsh or Welsh? You yeah, decided to not take the risk and say neither. <laughs> All I know is I know is flow. Okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and apparently, the the manager was like, or the publisher, or whatever, was like, sorry, she's probably not going to apply. She's very busy, or whatever. She sent an email directly back. To so there to be like, oh my god, I'd be so happy for Jesse to choose a song. She knows me, so she cool. kn- or she doesn't know me, but she she ha- approved the song being used. She knows me. High five. <laughs> oh, that miss. Um, so Isn't yeah, that fucking that's cool? just the coolest thing. The dog really, days are really over, really and then thing. I was having a really sweet chat with Donnie. I was playing the song, and he was like, "Why is it dog days? It should be cat." When I explained what dog days meant, like you know, getting over something horrible, horrible days are behind us. He was like, "It should be cat days, but cat." Because cats can't be trusted. <laughs> so sweet. Cats don't love you unless you give them food. Dogs don't have to be fed to be loved. Yeah, but I mean, that is true. But I also read an interesting theory that cats people are the superior people because they don't need the constant validation and free love and affection that a dog will give you. They know that they are worthy of like earning somebody's respect. Whereas a dog person needs that like quick, oh my God, you're going to love me no matter what and you're going to be desperate to see me all the time. <laughs> I'm a cat person. I know. Oh, I'm a no animal person. But That's I true. saw on the news this morning about how m- m- many more dog thefts there have been during lockdown because yeah. people desperately want some kind of affection and you know unconditional love from something during mm-hmm. this period of time and they've got more time to go for walks. Yeah. Um, and I was just thinking, who is stealing these dogs? I mean, I obviously criminals, but what, wouldn't it be funny if it wasn't criminals? It was if just it was just like middle-aged just, women. Yeah, just, I mean, we saw, we saw a group of middle-aged women earlier. We saw a group earlier. of middle-aged women at a cafe earlier, and they all had like the same five different shades of hair color between sort of like a nutmeg brown and a sort of light mousy gray. All wearing a jean with a bit of calf showing on one leg Mm because they'd cycled there. And all of their dogs, small dogs, all had the exact same hair that they did. Yeah. Curly, wavy, And they were all sitting next to each other so closely and and talking so intimately. Secretively whispering things to each other like they were a coven. It was interesting. Maybe they are the dog thieves. They're the fucking dog thieves of (laughs) of Notting Hill. The Notting Hill dog thieves. There's Richard Osman's next novel. (laughs) (laughs) That was a very clever joke because he's just written a crime novel, you know? Because we're topical, we're witty, we're sassy, we got it all going on. Got it all going on. We attack celebrities. Exactly. Watch out, okay? (laughs) 
I look like I've been crying this whole time. It's just the hay fever is so bad, honestly. Uh, and I did a bit of a risky Instagram story. so fucking gross now. What? You need to grow that out. That is... Look at how long it's got. I've had this for two weeks now. I normally pick up. Are they your nails? No, these are acrylics. Oh my God, thank God. Because if they were your nails, I would have been really grossed out. No, they no, no, look no, no. Very pointy. Yes. I um I got some acrylics put on like the day that nail salons opened and I normally crack them off by this point. I think part of the reason why I get acrylic nails is just so that I can crack them off and fuck up my nails for like the next few months. But I haven't done that this time. I used it as a control exercise. I pick my nail polish when I'm anxious. I thought, I wonder how long I can go without picking nail polish off. And I haven't. Look at that. Very good. You're I know it doesn't look great. So many but, ways. You know, thank yeah. you very much. Proper grown um, up. Yeah, I did a bit of a risky Instagram story yesterday about hay fever. Yes, yeah, so I had with a pirate. Because I dressed myself as a. Oh no, I, I drew a pirate face on, on myself because I just thought that was funny. Why is that risky? Why are pirates. Should you not be a pirate? No, 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 because I just looked really ugly in it. But I just oh, thought it right. was funny. And then I was like, I shouldn't be afraid <laughs> of just posting an ugly photo of myself on Instagram. You know, it's empowering. The uglier, the better. Exactly. That's what so, I say. There we go. I still like to look, you know, pristine. Yes. I'm, yes. I'm not good like that. I know. I can't show myself not looking how I want to look. Exactly. I really wish I could. But it's like, you know, it's a controlled thing. And I think that you've got to do what makes you comfortable and what makes you do the best work. And in fact, you were saying this right at the beginning of the podcast when we were talking about hair and the fact that you don't want to change your hair because you have a set thing that you know works for you. It reminds me of, I, it must have been Sarah Pascoe in one of her shows talks about you know, there are different attitudes that you can have to work in life and Oh my God, her stuff. advice was the best advice I've ever received. Yes. Sarah Pascoe is a genius, amazing. right? She was like, I think, I think she said it in a show. Yeah. But I like to remember that she told me directly, which mm-hmm. is probably maybe true. Because I did have a conversation with her once, but um, I think I was talking to her about being rejected by somebody and she said, um, if I could give myself, if I could give anybody any advice now, it would be to settle mm-hmm. and focus on your career. Yeah, it was just powerful, wasn't it? It was so empowering back then because I think I was like 25 and I was kind of flitting between certain ideas of what I should do with, with boys or I should have a relationship or I should, you know, whatever. I was just, I didn't know what, I was at a crossroads. And yeah, it was just so empowering because I was like, yeah, maybe I don't need to find the perfect guy mm-hmm. and I can really focus on my career because actually, I'm not saying that, I haven't found the perfect guy, but I definitely have got different priorities because of that advice. Yeah, and I think that what that advice teaches you is not that like settling for someone mediocre is the right thing to do, but this idea of settling and not looking for something perfect because there is no perfect person out there for you and just making sure that you're happy and that you have what you need and that you have consistency so that you can do the best thing that you possibly can. It's probably fantastic advice. Totally. And also whenever I have had periods of time where I've been single or I've been in a relationship which hasn't been brilliant or I spend so much time agonizing about the date I'm about to go on or the place that we have to pick to go on this date or if I'm in the relationship, like, oh, how can I make him happy or how can I choose this? It takes up so much of my time where I could be focusing on like what I'm going to write, you know, rivaling Richard Osman's novel about dog detectives or whatever, you know, I could be doing ideas. Working towards our future. Yeah. (laughs) But so she was amazing for that. Yeah. I think she is um, honestly just the nicest person and she's yeah. given such a nice quote for Sunset which I didn't realise that quotes uh, you're, when you write a book you obviously want people to read it and buy it and so the book was sent out to a number of people that I know who are in the entertainment industry who have a, a following and I she was the first person I sent the book to 
um, terrified because I've just loved all of her books. Mm. Um, and she, she gave, is amazing. She read it and she sent me a such a nice message and give, it's given me such a nice quote. And it's like, she, I genuinely cried reading it. And it's just like, I just hope I'm that generous for other people one day. Probably not. I don't think I am. <laughs> Probably not. I'm not going to be that nice. We can't all be as good as Sarah Bassett. No. <laughs> That's what you've got to realise sometimes. Yeah, and then you realise they're so nice because they're so content with their, like, they're doing well. They don't yeah. need, whereas I'm not there yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like, <laughs> but the thing is, like, what's so fascinating about her is, like, she's so great and so successful and yet still so different to, to us or to mm. anything. Like there are still things that she would do that we wouldn't do. I remember reading this passage in her book about um, masturbation. Masturbation. And, <laughs> I don't know why I pronounced it like that. I think it's because I felt so uncomfortable, but masturbation. Um, she was talking about how when she realized that that's something that you do for yourself and that you don't always need to get sexual validation from a partner. Even though she had a boyfriend, she sometimes when she wanted to masturbate, she would say to him, yeah. like, I'm just going upstairs. So funny. Yeah. She'd be like, I'm going to masturbate now. Don't disturb me. And she would lock the door, run herself a bath, and she called it seducing yourself and put all these candles around and music and stuff and then do it. And I just thought, oh, that is silly. But like, I respect her so yeah. much for doing that. Yeah. And sometimes you'll say, get him, girl, do it. I wouldn't be able to do that myself. But, it's amazing. you know? Really, really good. So we can leave you with one thing today. Seduce yourself, Seduce guys. yourself. And Seduce settle. yourself. Settle and focus on your career. Do it. High five this time. Uh, this time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you for subscribing if you have. I haven't looked at if anyone, if our, you know, our um, hard sell on the subscribing and the um, liking worked paid from off. last weekend. Who we'll, knows? We'll, we'll, see, we'll see the evidence this week. Yeah. But please like and supply, sub, sub, <laughs> subscribe. <laughs> um, and, and thank you for Patreon. watching. And become a patron. And, um, Come to our live podcast, please. 29th of May. 20, 27th of May. 29th. 29th. That's it. Uh, we'll put a link in the description this time. Yeah. And we would love to see you there. And it's patreon.com forward slash cave sisters. And watch out for our big TikTok skinny jean routine. Skinny jean. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.